0: I'm Matthew McCabe. Welcome to Miracle Voices. Each episode, we will be delving into stories of forgiveness, healing, and transformation that have come about from integrating the principles of the book, A Course in Miracles. If you want to learn more about A Course in Miracles, visit www acim.org. If you'd like to visit the Miracle Voices site, please go to www.miraclevoices.org. If you feel inspired to make a love offering, please visit us at miraclevoices.org forward slash donate. All donations go to support the work of the Foundation for Inner Peace, the publisher of A Course in Miracles. Now here's your program. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Miracle Voices. This is your co host, Matt McCabe, and I'm here with my co host, Tam Morgan. Tam, how are you doing today?
1: Doing great today. Great. Right.
0: Yeah. How are you guest, doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing Yay. well. I'm excited. Good.
1: Good. Me too.
0: And today we have with us our guest, Rob Rosniak. Rob, welcome to Miracle Voices.
2: Oh, thanks, Matt. It's an honor and privilege. Glad to be here with you both.
1: Same on our end.
2: Rob, where are you sitting today in the world? Uh, I'm in Chicago uh, in a little neighborhood called Mayfair in the northwest side. Nice.
0: Well, Rob, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Why don't we just get started by you telling us how A Course in Miracles came into your life?
2: Yeah, so it's about uh, maybe... I want to say about 12 years ago. Um, I was an active member of uh, uh, what, what became uh, Bodhi Spiritual Center, which uh, was founded by uh, Mark Anthony Lord, who's uh, been on your show here. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, we were a New Thought community, and at that time, it was it was uh, really thriving, and there was a bookstore. I went into the bookstore, uh, you know, kind of thinking like, I really want something you know exciting or interesting to read um cuz I had been I was newly sober I was I was pretty immersed in 12 steps and was taking classes uh related to you know science of mind was the philosophy we were that was being taught at Bodhi at that time and um I kind of was pulling books off the shelves and and reading the back cover and I pulled disappearance of the universe um uh off the shelf and I remember reading um you know it said it said in the it said uh two ascended masters visit Gary in his home in Maine and I was like two ascended masters you know like what did they say um so you know I I was I just you know I, I knew that was the book I was looking for and I read it it was a you know, it's a, it's a page turner and it was really fascinating. I'd not really heard of A Course in Miracles before. Maybe I'd heard it in passing. Um, but so so I was really excited to to pick up the course after that. And I got a, I got a copy of the course and I was just like, what is this? You know, I, I mean, I was completely stuck. I, I just did not. Um, I would read a paragraph and I realized, you know, the words were in English but nothing was going in it was like it was i had you know just whatever resistance to it it just didn't make any sense to me i thought it was worse than trying to read you know like a like a academic journal article or or something like that um but you know i was really convinced that this was the biggest baddest thing out there and i had to you know kind of master it quote unquote so so i kept with it and i did the best i could with it and um there was a study group uh, at that time at Bodhi. It was actually led by uh, Maureen Muldoon, uh, mm. who's, <laughs> yeah, who's also been on this podcast. Um, and I went there, and I, if, if you know uh, Maureen at all, you know, everything is a hilarious joke. So I, I was in this study group, and they would read something like, you know, like, you need do nothing, or, you know, um, I'm not a body, I'm, you know, all these different uh, course quotes, and they would just laugh at it, and, and they would think it was hilarious, and I was like, what book are you reading, because, you know, the book, the way it occurred to me was, like, there's nothing good here, you don't want anything in this world, you know, it's best, best, the best I could figure out was, you just have to basically move to a monastery, and not have anything to do with it and that's that's the path to salvation um but you know and kind of that experience you know seeing a study group it occurred to me that like people were studying the course were also you know kind of regular people like they they were living their lives and and they didn't seem you know so serious they didn't seem like um you know because i was taking it very seriously uh they didn't seem you know like it, it it seemed to fit with with where they were already um which was which was a new idea for me i i didn't really get that um uh, at that time i was also watching a lot of uh videos from uh ken watnick and i would be very very disturbed by those um <laughs> because you know he it just seemed like he was presenting such a harsh picture again it was with the you know there's nothing that you want here there's um you know this world was made a, as a as an attack on god and um all this stuff and i i just it was it was really hard for me to sort of have any perspective on that and i just could i just couldn't hear like in my head i would make up arguments like what about having a nice meal what if i just want to have a nice meal isn't that okay like can i just enjoy something <laughs> But, you know, it kind of, you know, when I look back on it, it kind of showed me where I was and not, you know, it wasn't, you know, it was me just projecting out, you know, how I viewed life or you know, what was going on with me. Yeah. Um. And, and I will say, but since that time, you know, I was kind of, I felt, you know, like I said, challenged by the course. There was a lot to digest. I was coming more from a perspective of, you know, I want to win the game of life. You know, I want I want a good life. I want to get the stuff. You know, I want to get the job, the money, the girl, all that stuff. Um, then I'll be happy. Uh, you know, it was was I didn't I didn't know there was you know any other way really, and so you know I, the the course was always well. Let me look at something else for a while, and um, I did different things. You know, at one point I I worked through. Um, a course of love. Uh I did get to know um uh Mari Perone a little bit. We exchanged letters and emails and stuff. That was pretty fun. Um, but the course always always called me back. And and it seemed like um, you know, and, and it, it's my main main focus today. And and you know, my, my favorite teacher is um, you know, Ken Wapnick. Mm. Right.
0: Well, certainly not alone in, uh, you know, it seems so daunting at first when you crack that open as like, oh my gosh, it's like, what is this hieroglyphics? It's like, it makes no sense. So very s- similar path, you know, to you with the disappearance the universe, things explaining it. So you can totally relate, Rob. Rob, uh, I don't, go ahead, Dan.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, you know, I always for many, many years, um, thought and told people that all they just needed to do was use it, read a little bit before they went to sleep. And it was the best sleeping medicine on the planet, <laughs> uh, because it was so dense and it's really wonderful to see that, you know, you were, I guess, uh, had some aversion to the seriousness of it, yet you were so serious about it. <laughs> um, um and it's just great that that that's where you landed with Maureen, who really is like a stand-up comic practically. She's um she's so funny in in her delivery of everything in life. And uh it seemed like like there had to be some softening while you were kind of dogged about being serious. And that then yeah. your favorite teacher becomes Ken is just it just is a really wonderful, ironic. Twist that it didn't meet you at your level of seriousness about the commitment to it. Mm. And that's what seemed to be the most serious. And what I hear the story like, all of these things are thrown in your way. And why should you enjoy that? Because you were looking to enjoy something else. And then you kind of come around to the seriousness of your commitment. It keeps you coming back. And it's really quite impressive.
2: Thank you.
0: Yeah. Well, Rob, why don't we jump into your forgiveness story?
2: Okay. Um, I realize this may sound a little different. I mean, it's the same. I end up in the same place. Don't worry, Matt, about (laughs) the one I talked to uh, with you. But I want to start in a a different spot. And I don't know if any of you are familiar with this uh, methodology called the Enneagram Kind yeah. of a personality inventory. Well, I'm a four. That means I'm very prone to uh overpowering emotions. Um so it's it's just part of my makeup, you know, it's not it's not really a cause for concern if if you're thinking <laughs> that I'm not having a breakdown, but I do experience powerful em- emotions, you know, especially if I talk about um, you know, things that are personal to me. So sure. Um there you go. Uh so uh some some years ago, this was actually it was uh right before the pandemic, a few months before it all uh started, 2019. Um earlier in the year of that year, I'd gotten a bonus at work, uh, some extra extra cash. And I said, Well, I'm gonna buy myself, you know, kind of a kind of a vacation. And so I, I did some searching online and I saw, ooh. There's this thing called miracles in the mountains. Um, it's going to be um, in uh, in North Carolina at this retreat center, um, and it's actually going to be on my birthday. Um, and I had been out of a uh, relationship for a few months at that point, and I I was like, well, that'll be a nice gift uh, for me. And so I booked it. I paid for the room. I paid for you know the conference. I booked the flights. Everything. And then forgot about it. Totally forgot about it. <laughs> so I didn't remember it till a week before, and I got a, um, you know, a reminder on my phone. It's like, oof, there's a there's a conference next week. And then I looked into it and I realized, why? Wow, I, I had I'd already booked everything. Everything's already paid for. I just got to show up. Um, and and basically, uh, you know, so so that's what I did. And and I got there and I was at this um Miracles in the Mountains, which didn't have a huge attendance, but all the, the a lot of the you know well-known teachers were there. And as as part of um part of, I think it was Saturday afternoon, the program was um um boy, I'm I'm forgetting. There was a there was a live channeling with uh, Tina Louise Spaulding and i was like well this this will be cool you know this will be pretty interesting and so it started and um we were going along and it it was interesting and had a lot of stuff to say and you know it was all new to me i'd not heard of tina louise before and all of a sudden um you know he i just you know the voice um came came across you know with a lot of uh, very authoritatively uh this this voice uh started using you know because i'm in i'm in uh you know uh 12 step recovery is a big part of uh my journey so we we talk a lot about resentments and and the problems with resentments and i heard um uh i heard you know the voice of of jesus you know uh Basically saying you need to release your resentment um, and and I was like, Oh my God, he's talking to me you know um, and and that's um I, and so so what I thought he was referring to was uh you know I was working with uh, you know uh, my my twelve step sponsor, and, and we had come up with a list of of people I owed amends to for various you know things uh, in our practice. You know this this idea that that we have done others harm and we take responsibility for that, and where it's appropriate, you know we go and uh, make face to face amends. And I had said, well, I'm not going to do this this one amends, uh, which was to uh, a, a former sponsor that I had in, in 12 step. And it, you know, there's a, there's a lot I can say about it. Um, but it came down to, it was, it was an abusive relationship. Um, and I also had uh, my, my part in it, but, you know, I just felt so awful about the whole thing. i felt, you know, like such a victim. Or that I had been victimized. That I was just like, there's no way I'm doing that. I was, I was. It was totally inappropriate the things he said or did. Um. So, so I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Um. But when I heard that, you know, when I heard that channeling, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? You know, and and you know, he basically gave me direct instructions. That I mean, that's how it occurred to me, and um, I thought, well, I've got one last out. And that out was I had been reading uh, John Mundy's book that week, um, and and there was a part in that book that said, well, the the beauty of forgiveness is you don't need to see anyone you know in person. You can forgive from afar. And I was like, ha ha, you know, like that's that's my uh, that's my out. And I actually uh, met John in the cafeteria that day. Um, and I and I sit and I sat down with him and I said, uh, John, uh, in your book, you said, you know, you don't have to, uh, you know, uh, meet anyone face to face to forgive them. Um, so and then I explained to him about, you know, the amends and I said I wasn't going to do it. And he said, well, can I see, you know, what you're referring to, you know, the passage that I wrote? And I actually had it on my phone and I handed him my phone. He put on his reading glasses and he looked at it and he thought about it for a second and he was like, you know, I think you need to make that amends. Um,
0: Not what you want so to I hear was like, it.
2: Oh man. And um so so I went, I got back in town and I and I called my sponsor and I said, um, you know, listen, I, I just need to make that amends that I told you I wouldn't make and i did you know i set it up and i i met with my old sponsor and you know it 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 was it was a good experience and you know i was able to own my part in things and you know he had some things and we kind of realized we were on a collision course and you know we kind of both needed to uh go our separate ways that was what was best and you know kind of no hard feelings sort of thing and and I was like, oh, I'm glad, you know, glad this is this is done. And the thing was, uh, you know, I was expecting, you know, to get that uh, relief, you know, to to get that feeling of of peace that it's all going to be okay. That I don't, I'm not, you know, um, sort of harboring these 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 hard feelings. This this feeling of, you know, kind of for me was, uh, you know, like a, just a revulsion um and I, and i didn't get that and i was like what the heck i did all the things you know i've been praying every day and i'm praying for my former sponsor and, and it just doesn't seem to you know that i don't know like something was lodged in my chest and it and it just wasn't willing to budge and so you know i didn't know what to do i was like is this have i been wrong all this time you know i was questioning like am i just is this all just bunk you know like um uh you know and i and i so i was talking about it with um my my uh, sponsor my new new sponsor and he said well because he's he's also a therapist he said well i think you should go and see this person i think you should um Talk to this, you know, person who specializes in in trauma, a trauma therapist. And I was a bit skeptical. I was like, man, I got spirituality now. I don't need need more therapy. And I'd had some experience with therapy in the past and wasn't, I didn't find it especially helpful, but so I did, I did go see this uh, woman, uh, this therapist and she was so in tune with um, you know a case case like mine. she was really able to help me see uh, you know, kind of this pattern uh, growing up, which they call uh, it goes by a variety of names, some of them i don't I don't like, but you know it is what it is. Uh, you know, that there's this real kind of um codependency or parentification. Uh, that happened with, uh, uh, you know, a child and in the, in the typically the the opposite sex parent. So in this case, my mother, where you become, uh, you know, a, kind of a surrogate spouse. Um, and, you know, kind of kind of this. I don't know. I, I, I don't have the best words to describe it, but it's um, I recognize it as true. Uh, when she, when she started, when my therapist started mentioning some of this. um, And also was able to identify some instances of abuse uh, in my childhood um, that I was in denial about. And um, I think, you know, this, this was like, right, the timing of it was kind of like right at the uh, start of the pandemic. And uh, just just really kind of got the impact of you know this, this kind of um, what are they in enmeshment uh, with my mom, you know, kind of uh, being this surrogate spouse that there is a syndrome of, of behaviors that's associated with it, including addiction, which uh, you know, very prone to addiction, seeking relief through there. Uh, that was definitely true for me. Uh, just in general, uh inability to sort of take on uh adult responsibilities um very people pleasing um so so all these things and and I started to see like the the impact um of that upbringing on on my life and I, and I really went into a period of of grieving um is is the best way I could describe it um for for it seemed like for for a while you know and and you know kind of continue to do therapy work and, but at that time i was really studying the the course a lot and um, you know i had done done the workbook lessons and then i would read through the text <clears throat> um, just just really felt like that was um, my 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 solace and 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 do my my 12 step recovery stuff that was that was important as well um, but one of the, one of the things I, I struggled with, um, and I, I didn't quite understand, I, I struggled with, you know, like I mentioned, you know, patterns of, of addictive behavior, but also with, you know, I would have, um, flights of rage, um, bouts of rage. I would, you know, and, and I didn't understand why, and it was usually over, you know, like trivial things, um. You know, somebody looked at me the wrong way, or I saw uh, someone on YouTube saying something I didn't like, or who knows. Um, but I had, I had, I, I was, it wasn't until I became sober that I realized what, you know, how much of a rageaholic I was. Um, and, it, and it surprised me, because I didn't know, because I'd always been trying to to numb it, or, you know, um, just just erase it if I could. And so you know as I as I progressed in in my work um my my therapy work you know my therapist would say well eventually you know you're going to be able to to aim that anger um at um you know at its at its, its source you know which source in psychological you know kind of human terms not not with the not we're not talking course concepts here, Um, you know, which was very hard for me because I didn't, you know, I was, I was still, um, you know, very attached to, you know, kind of pleasing my mother. Um, and, and it was very hard for me to, you know, sort of, um, feel or experience, you know, that, that, that rage and anger that came from this, you know, for the lack of a better better way to describe it, or just shorthand, you know, kind of a controlling, codependent relationship, and um, um so uh, you know, time went on, and I I had I had been visiting some some spiritual counselors, um, and I was actually um, and I had um, I I realized like I I really was feeling. Like I, I'm I'm really angry at my mother now. And um, you know, this is maybe a year of grieving has gone by. I've I've done a lot of work in the course. Um, but I'm 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 clear I'm I'm really angry at with my mother, who at that time was uh in an assisted living facility. Uh she was um she had uh you know dementia, a type of dementia and also aphasia, which impacted her ability to um, communicate through language. So, um, yeah. And, and, you know, I think, I think, you know, the, the thing is, you know, I, I, I was, I was got to a point where I was, I was furiously angry and I was fully aware of, you know, that, it, that it, I was angry at this seeming cause in my life. Um, and I arranged that actually I arranged a session with uh, Mark Anthony. I had, I had done a few sessions with him in the past. I arranged a coaching session and I had it mapped out. I mean, I had written out that, you know, all the ways that I had been mistreated and um, this was unfair and it screwed up my life and da 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 da. And I had, you know, I was prepared to, um, uh, you know, like, read the riot act basically in this session because he knew some of some of some of that story uh from times I'd worked with him in the past and so uh I just started going off on like well let me tell you this and she was wrong about this and da 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 and again it was like that that authoritative voice because uh my experience you know of, you know having having you know, kind of followed Mark for a long time. You know, I know that he's he's really an effective uh, channel uh, of, of Holy Spirit. And, you know, it came across again. It was just like, it's time to release your parents. Um, and it was, uh, you know, it was like, it was so true. You know, it was just like the truth like it's time um and and i was like okay okay um i think we prayed on it um but i mean it was it was done um, like all those things um it was one of the things if i thought um if i was gonna if i was gonna be uh on this on this podcast i thought have i have i is it really done? have i let go and um you know the way I know that is that you know like I would think about all that anger I would experience you know when i when i thought about her um you know that it that it's it's just not there you know i don't i don't have um you know i don't i don't have that really uncomfortable feeling or that you know um that 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 tightness or that you know feeling that there's something lodged in my chest and so um you know to kind of uh, wrap up that story she you know like i said she was she was um uh, very ill you know uh, and so you know she did she did eventually uh, pass away she did this past march um and you know and i was i was able to you know kind of bring my um you know sort of uh, recovery mindset to to the whole process and show up and be like um how can I serve, you know, what, how do I, um, you know, implement the wishes, you know, of my mother who wanted to, um, you know, have, have certain things, um, you know, like a, like a Catholic, um, mass where I actually spoke the eulogy, um, and told a, told a story, um, which which I was glad to do and, 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 you know I guess I guess I was able to sort of access you know the legacy, you know, especially through that through that you know kind of uh, funeral process, you know, access the legacy that um, she left to you know my, my siblings and I because when we went to uh, sort of organize pictures and put them on poster boards you know for for people attending the um, the service. You know, we just were going through, and every picture was like, um, you know, my my mom. You know, there were there was four of us kids, and then I have ten nieces and nephews, so she had ten grandkids, and um, so she had ten grandkids, and you know, every picture was was you know, mom and the grandkids, mom and the grandkids, mom and grand, mom with us, mom with the grandkids, mom with us. You know, it's just. That you know I totally got like that was her way of um expressing love um and 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 that was just you know a kind of a great um way for me you know to kind of complete that that whole journey um and remembering my mom that way
1: mm-hmm. well you know um, it, the way in which you tell it. It's kind of each time that the voice appears, it almost sounds like Moses at the burning bush, you know, like this kind of authoritative voice comes in and actually instructs you so clearly. And there you go. Like it, it it's there for you to go. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Someone's telling me something clearly. <laughs> I can hear it. And, uh, yeah. and follow it. And and each time you followed it. And even though you didn't release the tension the first time, you still committed to that path. The same way that I said earlier, you know, your commitment is so beautifully strong that even if you're not believing, like you, you didn't want to go to the trauma therapist, but your sponsor, you know, said you should go. And it's like, I don't want to go, but I'm doing this. And that's the little willingness that the course speaks of. You know, you, you're still willing, even though, you know, your ego's going, I don't want to do this. No, I don't like that. No, I've been there before. I don't need that now. Um, and and it's it's really such a testament to what it means to listen to that voice, no matter what your mind is saying.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I guess really fortunate that, you know, there's been a little willingness in a lot of different places um for me, you know, to to just get to this place, you know, a place of peace, you know, which I think is the the what the course has to offer to someone like me who is really thinking like, how do I how do I just get a better life? You know? Mm-hmm.
0: In, yeah,
1: you, you couldn't a better count life. on. Sorry, uh, go ahead.
0: you couldn't count on John Mundy to let you out of it either. He's like, look, I got you. I, I got <laughs> I you quoted right here, saying, uh, "I don't have to do this." And he's like, "Well, <laughs> in your case, <laughs> No, <laughs>
1: a different authoritative voice like uh yeah. never mind that it's it's <laughs> like when the course is and now forget this course and come yeah. walk with me <laughs> you know it it's all the instructions you think you can follow but there really are some that are personalized yeah you know yeah you can't go quite generic but also i mean and even having ken be a great teacher of yours he has a good strong authoritative voice it, He's clear
2: yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, And, you know, he comes across as that, you know, so to me, he comes across as so serious. And then I know people like Maureen and um, Laura, who, you know, works at the foundation office, uh-huh. um, will, te- will, will tell you, oh, they knew him personally. And, you know, he was he was this joker and he was always laughing and everything was fun, which was hard for me to square at first. But I get it because part of his message is like, hey, you know, you, we're in these bodies. We have to live this life, you know, like we don't need to take, you know, he he sort of teaches this awesome metaphysics. And he's like, you just, you know, you just got to notice these things and, and you're going to be okay. Yeah. And I was like, oh, gosh, I wish I heard that before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we hear it when we're ready. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 So, Rob, today, how do you
0: feel with it? Where does it sit with you now? You went and you uh you made that amends and you, where how do you feel about it when you look back
2: yeah it's it's good. I mean, I think I looked at it as just like um, you know, like like two people, basically we're kind of on a collision course, you know, we were where we were, you know, not nearly i I think. I can say for myself, you know, not nearly as sober as I thought I was. Um, And it's just like, you know, we were we were the right fit for each other at that time. And, um, you know, and and I could just say, like, yeah, I was I I, that he was kind of like. um, I don't know what's the right word, tip of the iceberg, canary in the you know, whatever metaphor you want to or uh uh insert in here. But, you know, he was kind of a uh, you know, a sign, you know, like the first sign that I could see clearly, like, you know, I was letting, I was having certain types of relationships, you know, and and I'm not talking about, you know, the personal relationships, but just people I attracted into my life, um were, you know, were you know in various um you know phases of their own sickness or emotional development or whatever, whatever they're doing. Um, you know, so I, so i attracted a lot of, you know, kind of um, unhealthy people into my life. And, you know, the fact that, you know, we were, we were both uh, in recovery, we we're both, you know, kind of moving towards, you know, being healthier, being, um, you know, spiritually awake, uh, you know, is is good for both of us. So, I have called him a couple of times and, you know, it's, it's, it's good. You yeah. know, I I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, with the, you know, the experience with my mom, um, is, you know, reading the course early on, I, I would read things like, uh, or I heard, I remember hearing on this podcast, like, oh, forgiveness is like nothing happened and you know somebody like Ken will teach that nothing really happened uh in reality but of course you know I, I have different experiences but if i think of like you know all the different arguments i would have with my mom or you know the fights i would have with my my former sponsor i just i just can't recall them i mean maybe i can recall some of the details uh, but they don't really exist for me um and and i didn't do that you know something Um, you know, in, in 12 step, we, we talk a lot about having things lifted, you know, character defects lifted, the obsession to drink lifted. And so I relate to the, you know, the action of the Holy spirit, you know, as taught in the course, the same way that, you know, forgiveness is this process of, you know, something, uh, was lifted from me. These, these old ideas and experiences and feelings, um, you know don't don't you know they just don't live in me um so so that to answer your question you know that's i we can laugh about it you know we can laugh about um you know whatever that was like uh you know years ago working with with uh you know the former sponsor
1: yeah it's uh and, her- no go ahead Matt
0: makes me think of that shadows of the past section where it says forgiveness is a selective remembering based not on your selection. So it's kind of like, yeah, like my my memory is of these is real is kind of going uh, like, a, and uh, I didn't, I don't remember saying like uh, I was going to erase this. So, you know, we're getting help there from Holy yeah. Spirit. Yeah.
2: Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs>
1: and did you feel with your mother that um were you more present for the end of her life did you feel a forgiveness lifted all of that so that you could be with her at that time in a forgiveness state
2: yeah you know uh, my sister we i was at her bedside uh on her last night um Yeah. And my sister asked me, uh, you know, do you want some alone time? And at first I was like, no, I think I'm fine. You know, but then I said, well, yeah, why don't I? And I I did spend, you know, some time with her, you know, on our last night and it was. um, Yeah, I don't know. I just it was. There were definitely feelings of of gratitude, uh, you know, because there was. You know, I mean, it's these kinds of things. They're not, they're not so black and white. You know, there was, there was a lot of loving things that she did for me, and, um, um you know, and I'm, I was grateful to be, I'm great, and I'm grateful now to be have been raised in a certain way, and, um, yeah. So, so I didn't. There was none of that. Like, oh, you did this to me, or, yeah, there was, there was nothing like that.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful how when we get to forgiveness, one of the things that pours in is gratitude.
2: But, oh, everything.
1: I was so annoyed with you about, wow, thank you. Thank you for your part in what brought me to where I am today. Yeah.
0: Well, Rob, yeah. one thing we like to ask is when you get caught in an ego storm and it just all seems so real, um, The emotions come up. You talk about how emotions come up for you and they can seem overwhelming and we don't want forgiveness. We kind of want to throw the book into Lake Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you do to get centered and back on track?
2: Yeah. So for me, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, like that when I'm, when I'm upset, you know, my, my emotions are really on an edge, Um, you know, where I'm, where I'm very angry or I'm, I'm you know. Um, I'm just so convinced that somebody was wrong or did something wrong to me or um, what I like to do, uh, you know, there's a bunch of different, you know, kind of things related to um, prayer and inventory, which is kind of like, you know, uh, 12-step practice. But for me, it's just really writing it out. Um, I tend to, for some reason, you know, just this kind of... um, you know, emotional vomit. Actually, that former sponsor, I was just telling you, uh, I kind of, we kind of worked it out together as a way for me to cope with upset. And it's just really just allowed kind of a stream of consciousness to allow me to write whatever's there, you know, and it can get pretty nasty. Um, What I find happens is that, you know, after you know, like if I if I just give myself enough freedom to do it for a couple minutes, a few minutes, maybe fill up a page, something like that. Like another perspective will eventually occur to me. Um, you know, like oh, I thought this person was trying to harm me. Turns out they were just trying to help, or you know, they're just dealing with their own stuff, or you know, something. And then it's kind of like I can then I can go into you know like like uh, prayer you know is is a big part of what i do you know my spiritual practice um but yeah it's really you know being being sort of allowing those emotions to have their expression which i do through you know just just that kind of stream of consciousness writing and then you know that that kind of sort of works through the the heat of those emotions and then you know holy spirit has a chance to come in and sort of Start suggesting uh, other perspectives and then it's like, oh, and usually, usually it's kind of like I get to the point where it's like, well, I'm being really demanding and my demands are a little ridiculous here. (laughs) Um.
0: Yeah. Well, now I'm going to demand to know your favorite comfort food, Rob. Please share it with us. Got A lot of options there in Chicago meat pies, they call pizzas, and other things? Well, yeah.
2: So I actually uh, uh, grew up uh, right outside New Haven, Connecticut,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and um, pretty much uh, well-known for, you know, kind of being kind of an independent birthplace of coal-fired brick oven pizza. Mm. And there's a couple establishments that are really well-known. And so... Uh, you know what I'm always trying to do. You know because I don't obviously visit them that often. I my family is in Connecticut, um, so I'm there. At, you know at least a few times a year, and it's. Uh, but so I do like to to try to find, you know, a, a similar experience here. There definitely are some good places. Um, not 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 quite not quite you know, what I grew up with, but, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to start a flame war here. Yeah, that really (laughs) could do it. You're you're right on, you're right on the line there, Rob.
1: And sometimes, (laughs) sometimes even what you grew up with isn't what you grew up with. Yeah. (laughs) It's, I had a friend who was nuts about Junior's Cheesecake and from Brooklyn and all I ever heard him talk about Junior's Cheesecake. And finally I was on a trip with him. We went to Brooklyn and he had Junior's Cheesecake. He said, it's just not as good as Junior's. That good memory, but you do get to go back, obviously, to Connecticut to keep having. Is there anything you like on the pizza?
2: Well, yeah. So um, uh, if I go to uh, Frank Pepe's, I like to get a white clam pie from there. That's really good. Um, And then I also like, uh, you know, I usually try to get something like a pepperoni and onion. Is is fantastic. Um, yeah. Speaking yeah, starting say, starting a fight. You would like you to... get
0: do you get pineapple on there? I want to alienate half the audience. <laughs> I wouldn't.
2: I wouldn't take a trip to to like uh, Worcester Street, New Haven, and get pineapple. But I would be willing to try it somewhere else. Okay. Have you tried it? I have. Yeah, sure. It's good. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's like the greasers and the so- soches with the like a West Side story with this with this pineapple thing. It's hilarious. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well Rob
1: Yeah, you have to find another forgiveness opportunity for you to create, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Rob, thanks for coming us thanks for coming on Miracle Voices and sharing your Miracle Voice. I mean, what a deep forgiveness story here. A lot of emotions and a lot of courage. I mean, that takes a lot of courage to go through it, especially when you thought you had it out with John Mundy, and then there he goes. <laughs> thanks, John. But no, That's thank so you. John. Great. That's Absolutely. wonderful. Well, th- thanks for coming on, to share no, your story and the enjoy the uh, one season of good weather in Chicago summertime. And we look forward to chatting yep. with you
1: soon. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks so
0: much for listening today. Please subscribe to Miracle Voices by hitting the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you are enjoying these conversations, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever podcast app you use. And lastly, please visit us at miraclevoices.org and join our newsletter so we can stay connected. Until the next podcast, I want to leave you with my favorite course quote, When you want only love, you will see nothing else.